with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark. And she saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloth there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloth there, and the cloth that had covered Jesus' head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned home, <coughs> but Mary stayed outside the tomb weeping and as she wept, she bent over into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord and I don't know where they laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus there, but did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Stop holding on to me, for I have yet, not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I'm going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary of Magdala went 
and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and what he told her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you know, you just got to love Mary of Magdala. She has had a really, really bad week. And as she gets up at dawn, she's about to have a really confusing morning on the first day of the week. You've got to love this woman because she has been through so much. This Mary of Magdala. We know more or less her story, bits and pieces of it anyway. You know, when she first began to follow Jesus and how she, she you know, at least in some of the stories about her, she was kind of a sinner and yet Jesus gave her, mercifully gave her a new life and she follows Jesus faithfully, attending to him all the way along, all the way from Galilee, eventually back down to Jerusalem. She loves Jesus, Jesus loves her. They, 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 you know, it's, it's one of these beautiful relationships of, of, of just affection and love and care and, and, and compassion for each other. She owes Jesus her life and Jesus doesn't owe her anything but loves her any the way anyway. It's a beautiful, beautiful relationship and a beautiful, beautiful part of the gospel. This Mary of Magdala is a wonderful lady. And, you know, she's fully committed to Jesus. She's put everything on the line for him. And she follows him along with the other disciples eventually when he heads down to Jerusalem, knowing that Jerusalem is really not the place you want to be at this particular moment in Jesus' story. You know, the opposition to Jesus has already been growing. And every time someone says something bad about him, it must hurt her personally inside. It must be like a little knife inside her gut because she loves the guy. It's a beautiful thing. But it's getting more and more dangerous. And, and, and she, as they get to Jerusalem, she, you know, at first she's probably thrilled at Jesus being allowed into, the, into Jerusalem with all kinds of fanfare and palms waving and hallelujahs and all that stuff. And, and hosannas, not to mention hosannas. But it turns quickly, as we know from the stories we've celebrated this past week. Pretty soon, Mary Magdalene has to watch as one of Jesus' own betrays him as he's taken away by a crowd with clubs and swords and lanterns at night, torches. She must have heard the stories as they were happening almost in real time of him being taken before Annas and Caiaphas and, and eventually Pilate and Herod and all of that stuff and accused by the high priests of, of all kinds of terrible things. Eventually scourged and seeing his body bloodied. And then finally the worst of all, the worst of all of that awful week, seeing him nailed to a cross, dying and eventually breathing his last. So Mary Magdalene on that morning of the first day of the week would have been completely gutted, disconsolate, unable to see through her tears. A person who, who had just days before known Jesus, loved Jesus, heard his voice, heard him speak her name. And now he's gone, he's dead, just a corpse, watching as he's put in a tomb, stone rolled back. How do you take all that? How do you take any of that in? How does any of that make sense in this world? This good, holy, gracious, kind, loving man of all men, with the grace of God about him. Dead, dead, dead. 
one day, two days, three days. <laughs> so Mary has had a very, very bad week. And she goes to the tomb to continue her weeping, to continue her crying, to somehow try even after three days to make some sort of sense of this whole complicated, stupid, unsensical thing that has happened. Well, she gets to the tomb and a very crazy day opens up for her. It's the darker side of dawn. She gets, walks through the city, heads through the little streets, tears still filling her eyes. She heads out of town, heads to the, the place, the place she can hardly bear to even see or imagine in her eyes. She turns a little bit of a corner and comes in and sees where the tomb should be. And the stone has been moved. Oh no, the stone has been moved. How can that be? How can that, how can that even, you can't move a stone like that, especially when there's a body inside. The stone has been moved. And she immediately, the only thing she can think of, the only possibility is that someone has come and stolen the body of Jesus. What, what other explanation is there? And so she's filled with, with a whole new level of confusion and, and grief and wonderment. What's going on here? Why would anybody do that? It's, nobody does that. Nobody steals bodies out of tombs, especially after three days. So she goes running off back into the city. She finds Peter and John and she says, somebody's moved the stone, the body's not there. So Peter and John go running, running, running. She runs with them as best she can. She keep, well, let's just pretend she's keeping up with them just fine. And she's, she's a strong lady. And you know, so, so Peter and John get there and she's right there with them. <laughs> and they too see the stone moved. And it's kind of dark in there. You know, John is the first one. He's the beloved disciple. He, he approaches, he gets there first, but he stands back for Peter. Peter's, you know, the, the guy with the keys and all that, so she lets him in first. And, and first Peter sees something extraordinary. It's not just that the body's been stolen, but the wrappings, the body's not there certainly, but the wrappings, the wrappings are, are in order. Particularly the cloth around his face has been neatly folded and rolled and set aside. This is, this is not the work of, a, of some sort of creep stealing bodies. This is, not, this is not Romans or high priests doing something. No one would bother to fold the cloths that way. You know, when John sees the cloth rolled that way, he says this is Jesus has done this and suddenly some, some new windows are opening up here. It's more than just the body of Jesus has been stolen. And so they go running off. They go running off back into Jerusalem. Tell the other guys. Mary of Magdala stays right there. She's still confused. She's still troubled. She's still filled with grief. Her eyes are still full of, of tears. So much so that when a gardener appears in the garden, she doesn't even look up to see him. She just talks. She hears his voice. She talks to him maybe out of the side of his eye. What did you do with the body of Jesus? Jesus says, who are you looking for? The gardener says. We've heard that before. 
through the Gospel of John, that question gets asked often enough. Who are you looking for? I'm looking for Jesus, the body of Jesus, the dead Jesus. I don't want it desecrated. I don't want it. It's too important. Just, just tell me where it is and I'll come and get it. And, and finally, 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 the gardener, maybe after with a little bit of humor, has let this go on a little bit. He does something extraordinary, this gardener. He says her name as only he says it. Mary, Mary, Mary. She recognizes his voice. She recognizes the particular and intimate way that he speaks her name and she knows then at hearing her name come from the voice of this lowly gardener, just who it is who is standing behind her or to her side or wherever. Hearing her name, she lifts her head. She takes a look and she sees her Jesus. She sees him with her own eyes. It's, it's the same Jesus and now with the marks of the, of the nails in, her hand, in his hands and the feet. It's obvious that this is the Jesus who was crucified, who is now alive. The body wasn't stolen. Jesus, as he said, is risen and is back with her and says her name. And she, what does she do? Well, it doesn't say in John's gospel, except that Jesus has to tell her to let go of him. You know, she clearly embraces him. And who knows for how long, sobbing with joy now. This crazy day has gotten even crazier, but in a beautiful, hallelujah kind of way. She cannot let go of him. It's a real Jesus. Body and soul, spirit and grace, life and love, risen from the dead. And Jesus finally has to say, okay, Mary, I got some other people to see here, so um, you go back to the disciples and tell them what I've seen. I've got some work to do. I'll catch up to you soon. And so, Mary of Magdala, the great sinner of the gospel, this beloved of Jesus, the first to see Jesus with her own eyes, the risen Jesus, the first to believe. She goes back to the disciples and she proclaims for the first time the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have seen the Lord. I personally have seen the Lord. He called my name. We talked. He touched me. I touched him. He is risen as he said. Alleluia. Alleluia. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. 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 Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Beautiful.
beautiful. Happy Easter. If you are wearing glasses, they are probably going to get wet. So you might want to take them off. Brothers and sisters, through the Paschal mystery, we've been buried with Christ in baptism so that we may now walk with him in newness of life. And so now that our Lenten observance is concluded, let us renew the promises of holy baptism by which we once renounced Satan and his works and promised to serve God in the Holy Catholic Church. So I ask you, do you renounce Satan? I do. I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty show? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered death and was buried, rose again from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? I do. And may Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, and bestowed on us forgiveness of our sins, keep us by his grace in Christ Jesus our Lord for eternal life. My sisters and brothers, on this Easter morning, let us continue rejoicing by offering to the Lord our prayers and our needs. (laughs) 